welcome to a super fun episode of the Irresistible Marketing Pod, the business podcast that takes pride in being not safe for work on occasion or actually more often than not. I'm your host, Isa Gauchi, your marketing confidence cheerleader and owner of this MESA Messaging digital marketing agency for small business baddies. If you've been watching my lives on Insta, you know I've been on a deep de-shaming kick because there's a lot of it tangled up in my nervous system, and so much of that shame is not even mine. Most of it, actually, is from how much society has been shooting all over me and all of us, trying to convince us we're supposed to be things we're not and want things we don't. As the Marketing Confidence Cheerleader, I know a lot of my people struggle with similar shame burdens, and a lot of the deep work we do is to set that burden down. Because shame, it's just not very helpful. Often, it shuts us down. It holds us back from using our big voices and making our big art and changing the world the way we're meant to. Because we color outside the lines and white picket fences aren't our thing and professionalism makes us feel like squirmy imposters and we look around the other cubicles and no one else is even a little bit like us. Our dreams confuse people, and our methods get confused for madness. And it's hard not to let other people's judgments knock us off our game. If that's you, have I got the most healing, most empowering person to introduce you to. My client and shameless icon mentor and musical obsession, the one and only Star Matriarch. Sex work, autism, weaponizing how she was stereotyped for cash money, making a mistake in public and fully owning it. It's all part of Star Matriarch's story and she shies away from none of it. She turned it into her damn brand. The multidisciplinary artist's Redship record embraces every aspect of Star Matriarch's identity that she was once shamed for. And it was a journey to get there, she will tell you that. And the story is a wild ride, but you're gonna wanna hop in. (laughs) For anyone who has felt their creativity stunted by shame, come on, you gotta listen to this. We're ripping off our masks and setting them on fire as we get hyped for the Redship re-release. Redship is Star Matriarch's forthcoming record out of Exotic Fever Records. And for anyone who has ever had to charm the pants off the oppressor, you'll be rocking this record on repeat for the rest of your life. So stay tuned at the end of the episode. Star Matriarch has generously allowed me to include her single, You're Free With Me, in its entirety at the end. So make sure you stay listening. But real quick, just to be a responsible podcast hostess with the mostest, I got a few content warnings for you. So there is an explicit mention or two of sex work in this episode, and we swear a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I'm afraid I also spoil the movie A Star is Born, so enjoy, listen if you dare, Um, have fun. Well, hello, Carol slash Star Matriarch. Hello, Lisa. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Would you Thank you for having me. I, I so appreciate this. I'm excited so excited to talk to you. This is episode is definitely going to be a treat for our listeners. Um, it's really, I feel like we're right in the middle of A Star is Born, except for the bad relationship part, but like right no, on. I never saw that movie. <laughs> I never saw that movie because I'm, I, you know, I, I love Lady Gaga's music, but I, I didn't, I don't know the whole like Lady Gaga and, and uh, what's his face? Bradley Cooper Bradley yeah Cooper. I don't know like it was just very like eh, vanilla white I don't know like it just didn't yeah I actually don't like it's a remake so it, they had like a Barbara Streisand version and then I think it's like the fourth remake it's been remade like for like every generation it seems like yeah. but it's kind of a bummer because it's like the story follows this woman who starts out from humble beginnings she's like a waitress and then she becomes like a music icon um like simultaneously she's like falls in love with this kind of um 
male music star that's past his prime and he gets really threatened by her success and then becomes like awful and we're supposed to think it's like a great love story and really I'm I'm just like dump him Lady Gaga yeah let's watch you become spoil alert spoiler alert (laughs) I mean Wallace this story has been remade like four times and has been around we've all been alive so (laughs) spoiler alert but no she doesn't dump him so (laughs) so okay I'm bored (laughs) yeah so this is a better star is born because it's like a star is born without the, the bullshit it's like this isn't a star is born this is an icon is born like <laughs> so, um carol actually you you got a brand storytelling package i think right like I did, yeah I did. yeah okay so i, I think rem- i did that twice too the very when you first started um and i right, was first, yeah yeah and i i love this because so many people come in my door kind of feeling like a little insecure waffly like is my stuff worth it and we were kind of doing going through this part of the process for like dialing in the messaging so we can get the marketing really clear and have you really hyped up to show them your marketing is we really get into like so what is the brand what's the vision what are we about like what do you want to be and like carol has zero waffling she's just like i just want to be an icon or i think you're like, i just want to be a motherfucking icon isa and i was just like yes <laughs> yes <laughs> you know what though? let me back yeah I mean it, it, people waffle and they're not unsure of themselves but it's like it's like you know I I felt like I it comes from a place of you know emotional neglect like a history of emotional neglect you know um I you know I've always wanted to be special and wanted to be loved and admired by everybody and not give anybody a chance to dislike me or not love me you know, because of my upbringing, because my parents were too busy, <laughs> too busy being like, you know, refugee immigrants um, and trying to survive. But um, and but I always felt insecure about verbalizing that desire. You know, you know, I was like doing everything to try to reach that um, that I knew how to to someday maybe reach that icon status, but you know, there was a lot of, still a lot of shame. I was, you know, I wasn't doing it without shame and without like feeling, you know, uh, self-conscious and like, you know, without the rejection sensitivity and all that. Um, so I just want to like, I, I say all that to just kind of like, hopefully validate others here who may feel like they have that desire or have that need, you know, um, but, you know, feel like they have to question it because, of whatever messages they're getting, you know. Absolutely. And I think part of why your story is going to be so exciting and inspiring and empowering for my people is a lot of the the process of your music and the birth of an icon, Star Matriarch, has been an unshaming and like literally weaponizing the ways other people have attempted and failed to shame you in so many different ways. But before I get too ahead of myself, let me just pause and allow you to um, introduce yourself and all your multidisciplinary awesomeness to my people, and then we'll get into it, your story. Okay. Um, shit. Where do I start? Um, I'm sorry. Is foul language okay? With- Absolutely. We love okay. swearing. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm a singer-songwriter. Um and a, a multi-instrumentalist, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a, a, a record that's coming out next year. And so I'm putting out some singles with the support of Exotic Fever Records based out of Philly, really awesome feminist punk label. Um, yeah, so uh, that's, I guess that's that. <laughs> You're gonna edit this, right? Um, I'm not because we're we're um, we unplugged sort of. Podcast. Okay. I don't know why I'm stammering so much about this. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm stammering so much about it. But yeah, I'm a I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I'm a mom, a mother of two uh, really beautiful kids. They're they're so um, wild, but they're they're the the light of my life. Um, I I am um, 
also really, really into uh, Egyptian style dance and music. And um, it shows up a lot in my songwriting too. Um, can you ask me specific questions, maybe specific prompts for me to 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 answer as part of this introduction? Yeah. I should also mention I'm I'm autistic and I have ADHD, and um and uh I feel like I'm constantly in a state of overwhelm. So um, sorry if my answers are not focused. No, your answers are fantastic. So a few other things I think are important to note about your identity up front is that you are. Asian daughter of immigrants. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you are also very um upfront about your mental health journey. Um, you've got to follow her on social media, and of course, the links for all of that will be in the show notes, and she'll shout out all her handles at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but if, if you want some neurodiversity solidarity you got to follow her because she's so great <laughs> especially the pers I love the perspective you tie in with um how it impacts you as an artist and like your creative cycle and and also motherhood like the way is you're just really real about and then I cried in my car and ate chicken nuggets or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah overstimulation from the kids is this is is yeah it's real it is so real and it's mm, yeah mm. um yeah thank you thank you for jogging my memory <laughs> my memory about my identity i am asian um cishet female um i uh i'm a former sex worker and um i i talk a lot about that in my music and um i i feel like that's where i learned most of my people's skills so it does come up a lot in uh now now that i'm not you know that i've shed my shame around it for the most part you know um and uh i yeah i do love to talk about um you know my what my brain is going through just in all aspects of my life um mostly because i don't have other things to talk about so i talk about <laughs> myself a lot <laughs> well also it's it's really generous because it's there are a lot of people that don't have the courage or or feel willing to let the world or the internet in on on aspects of their st story or their journey that don't feel like instagram filtery you know yeah. um yeah. so it's i i find it really refreshing and generous that you are so open and so um sharing all these vulnerable aspects of your story and and the progress you've made um but like minus the shame it's so cool because i think for so many people what really holds them back in market for marketing in particular is they're like what if someone sees something about me that they could judge me for or like criticize me for or like call me out on oh yeah and, you've lived through all of this in such an empowering powerful way and so i would love to get right into your story of your record redship yeah um, could we start with um set the scene for uh was it 10 years ago uh version one what was red, what was I, the first release of redship First release of Redship that I, I put it out 2011, but I actually began writing it two, three years before that. Um, I, yeah, I, so I work really slow. I, I remember, so um, my second album came out, it's called Everyone Wore White. That came out 2007, 2007. And I was just so tired and burnt out from the touring for that, from the promo. I had label support then. That, that record, I, I, wrote a lot about the Asian American experience and, and, but, you know, I didn't have like full consciousness of everything yet. You know, um, I wasn't, we didn't have like Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. I mean, we had Twitter, but it wasn't very, uh, I, you know, it wasn't very big then. And, and so, you know, um, discussions surrounding identities and surrounding like, you know, these experiences, you know, as marginalized people, um, you know, weren't really there, weren't really accessible to me, you know, anyway. Um, 
And um, so I, I was just really burnt out from this very white bread scene that I was trying to navigate, you know, and it's weird. Like, you know, the, the thing about having like internalized misogyny too, which is what, you know, I, I finally learned, you know, what was just really driving a lot of my, my actions, you know, as a singer songwriter, trying to become an icon, whatever, I was always vying for the attention of these white dudes, you know, um, without really good rhyme or reason thinking about it. And it's, it's frustrating, but anyway, let me, before I get too distracted by that, um, I, I was tired of it all. And I started exploring other music. I stopped, you know, listening. So I stopped listening to, you know, bands that I toured with, like mostly men <laughs> and all these like indie rock bands that I used to just like adore. I looking back, I, I do still adore them, but and, and let me, let me get back to it. Um, I, I started listening to, um, some like different genres from across the world. And I came across, um, I forgot how I came across Natasha Atlas. Do you know who Natasha Atlas is? She's a wonderful, um, like Arab fusion, um, singer songwriter, uh, who's been active for a long time. I want to say she started being active like late nineties. She's this beautiful singer. I think she's, uh, she's, um, her father's Egyptian and her mother is British. I can't remember, but anyway, I came across her music and it's this beautiful fusion of like some, you know, very uh, European like dance stuff, but also, you know, Arab rhythms and, and she sang in Arabic, she sings in Arabic and, you know, she's also covering like, you know, some classic Arabic singers um, and songs. And I, I was just mesmerized by her stuff and I think, and she also, um, you know, did Rock Sharky in her live shows, you know, um, and I was just mesmerized by her and her music. And then I went down this whole like rabbit hole of like looking up her influences and I started learning belly dance. I, I started taking classes locally um, or Rock Sharky and, and um, was just so like mesmerized by it all. It's like the rhythms are different you know, the melodies are different, but the emotional intensity was always there. And I think that's what really captured me uh, about Arabic music, um, just from the start, like all across the board, um, no matter what, you know, subgenre. Um, and then so and I also was really burnt out from my job at the, my day job at the time, I was a software engineer. And I felt like I had been there maybe at that point four years with a small software company and every day, you know, showing up to work, I'd spent, I would get distracted and spent most of the day listening to music <laughs> while pretending to type and code and, um, and like, you know, doing touring stuff like my space shit and, um, you know, doing music stuff to further my career. And I'm just like, my brain is just not not thriving here. This is not working. I need a way to sustain myself to pay for my music career in as little time possible. And I'm not sure how what that how that took me to sex work, but it did. I think I started with like looking on Craigslist and all that. Um, and and like, finding weird ads and saying, Oh, well, maybe I could do that too. You know, um, but anyway, let me, sorry, let me make sure I don't like drag on. <laughs> Feel free to like, you know, steer me to, to the point. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm just like rambling on too much or giving too much detail, that's really not necessary. Um, anyway, I got into sex work, um, and, uh, and, um, became an escort and I was like, man, this is, this is a whole world, you know? And I wanted to write music about it about the experience and i felt so inspired by you know all the this arabic music that i was being exposed to that i was i started listening to with just the you know the various rhythms everything's just so different you know like coming from the indie rock world where like unless you're screaming about you know against corporations <laughs> and like um you know corrupt governments 
I never felt like it was okay to really spill your heart out, you know? Um, even I just remember if we're doing a music video for one of the songs off of everyone wore white, the, the guy who did my music video was like, you know, when I would, I was trying to figure out how I wanted to lip sync. He was like, you know, I, I, I prefer when, when artists are, are not so effective, they don't show so much affectation or, but, you know, like keep it pretty like emotionless, I guess. And I really took that to heart and I always felt really stifled by that. Um, and it was, you know, noted in a review, in a Pitchfork review of that record that, you know, Carol sings like this person with her perfect posture, only because she could just let go. And I felt like, you know, absorbing um, Arabic music, non-Western music, non-white music, really gave me permission for that, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, and then... Let's see. I, so I, I wrote, you're free with me. For, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm curious also, like, through both belly dance and as an escort, were you kind of getting to explore this alter ego or two different alter egos that you almost hadn't had permission to in, like, regular life beforehand? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I struggled, you know, I, everybody, like, I, I, you know, everybody talked about how hot I was, you know, being in a very male dominated industry, but I was awful at social interactions at like dating and hooking up. I like didn't have sex for, I think five years after I broke up with my first boyfriend, um, because I missed social cues all the fucking time. You know, and um, and it wasn't because I didn't want to. I mean, like, you know, but like, I, I just didn't have like a, a good social script. But when I entered the world of sex work, everything was just clearer because, you know, you, you want to have like really clear expectations laid out. You know, you need to have clear communication. I mean, there's there was some code language too because you didn't want to be too explicit or you could get arrested if it was a cop or something but which i think is kind of silly but um other than that yeah no it allowed me to just be free honestly you know i so i i guess it wasn't so much an alter ego but like the ego that had been there that had to mask for so long honestly yeah and at the time, um, you were saying like the reviews at the time were like, okay, so clearly it's referencing sex work, but it's just a fantasy. <laughs> and I told, I told people, cause I wasn't, I didn't feel safe when yeah. I that record. I didn't feel safe enough to say these, these, these songs are about my experiences. So I told, I remember telling an interviewer that this is fantasy. You know, I started exploring because, you know, it's like, this is really interesting. I was watching Secret Diary of a Call Girl and, you know, which is true. And I was really curious about this work, which is true. Um, I just didn't admit that I actually dove into the work and um, did a lot of field study, <laughs> field research <laughs> myself. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really interesting, though, because I was, was I was thinking about the album again and a lot of the songs are about like sex work, but not necessarily about sex th themselves. Like the, oh, yeah. which is really some of the messaging that stood out most to me was kind of the like sex workers as de facto mental health workers. And oh, yeah. um, we've had conversations where you're like, it's actually ableist to shame people for going to. Absolutely. To yeah. Absolutely. And um, um, yeah, go Go ahead, come up. I mean, it's multi-layered. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, I, I saw some, I, I mean, I saw a few disabled folks. Um, I mean, that wasn't my main clientele, but I did, you know? And um, like, I, I had one really big man, for example, who, um, you know, we had to figure out a way for him to get off, you know, um, that was ergonomic. <laughs> and I used my leg to rub. Yes, so I'm getting really explicit. Is that okay? I don't mind. I'll put a content warning on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so that's one example. Um, you know, and, and like 
I mean, yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely ableist to shame people for trying to meet their needs, you know, in whatever way they can, you know, and for, uh, for a lot of people more than what we think it's paying a professional who will not judge you, who, um, has experience, you know, and has the, uh, the empathy, you know, to meet you where you're, you're at, you know, um, and, but yeah, so I, I strongly feel that, I mean, um, you know, on the other hand, there's also, you know, my clientele, a lot of it was all cis, male, cis men. And if you can also imagine, there's a lot of like, you know, um, toxicity too. So I'm not going to gloss over that. I'm not, you know, and, uh, and actually one of my songs, you know, Geisha means open-minded. I'm kind of, well, I mean, I guess in a lot of my songs, I'm kind of mocking the hobbyist too, even when, even if I'm saying you're free with me which is true, but, you know, I'm, you know, like, um, like, for example, in Geisha, I, I, I directly took, it's like a composite of reviews that clients would write and share or did write and share on these like internet forums. And it's really funny if you ever get a chance to read them. I don't know if they're still up now. It's been so long, but, um, you know, they use code and, and you can tell sometimes they're trying to, they're trying to show off their writing skills or their imagination, or they're trying to one up each other in <laughs> describing these sessions with these providers, you know? Um, yeah, it, it, it's really funny. And, and so I poke fun at, at them a little bit too, you know? Um, I also like the theme of kind of like taking, yes, like it's very, you have this like really amazing mixture of empathy and compassion and, and understanding like all of the emotional benefits that are coming from this transaction. Mm-hmm. And then also all of the, how this is steeped in the culture we're in. So like all of the misogyny, all of the racism yeah. and stereotypes you're having to face. And then um, I think particularly with geishas means open-minded, you where like this song is about taking all of the stereotypes that are leveled at me and like exploiting them to make banks. Yeah, I'm the perfect <laughs> girlfriend experience because I'm Asian and sweet and just doting and yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then I'm going to take your fucking money. <laughs> I don't think I've asked you this yet, but like what was since you were in such and all your, your most of your music contacts at the time were like male indie rock scene what was their reaction were they terrified or did it go over their heads <laughs> you know I don't know I didn't get a whole lot of I got more attention on my previous record and on that record for sure even though I feel I thought that this record would have done better commercially or like you know because I, I felt like it was more pop centric, even though it's not like necessarily all pop, excuse me. Um, but the song structures were more simple and the melodies were more immediate in my experience, in my, or in my opinion. Um, and, you know, I thought that the subject matter would be provocative, but I think, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I really got a whole lot of, uh, um, a whole lot of attention as I expected. Um, and it's hard to say if a lot of the guys were, were terrified or not. Um, like, you know, I, I got some good reviews, some good, really good press. I don't think I got any negative press that I saw. Um, but they were very, they're, they're very focused on like the superficial, you know, they none of, I, I, I feel like it's, it's not terribly like, like buried that I talked about the emotional labor about, you know, in sex work. I think it's kind of clear, you know, in my lyrics, um, but that wasn't really mentioned, you know? Um, so I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah. I was just curious anyway. Okay. So we could fill like 12 t- podcasts just talking about the music, but I want to respect your time. So I'll um, I I will say though that the focus I I feel like they yeah a lot of the um 
the reviews, the feedback or the, the press that was on that for that record was focused on like the percussion aspect and focused on like, oh, well, Carol started belly dancing and Carol started playing drum. Oh yeah. And I, I picked up drums to write that record. Um, I, that's when I started playing drums. And so that record, a lot of the songs started off, um, with a drum beat. Um, but so I, I feel like, you know, music dudes, um, were able to just like geek out on that part and just ignore the rest. And they did kind of a similar thing with my previous record too, you know, ignore the racial stuff, ignore the, um, you know, internal stuff that I was processing. Just talk about the music. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's a way because because they're scared. Maybe they are scared. Maybe they were scared. You know. Interesting. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, it's, I want to keep talking with you about that, but I <laughs> get back to the back to the marketing and branding just for the purpose yes. of this conversation. Yes. Um, okay, so it's been twelve years since the first release of Redship. We are now re-releasing it. Um, your single "Free with Me" is out now on streaming platforms it's fantastic everybody should check it out it's also but on I, Bandcamp. you can download it off of Bandcamp. i get more money from there okay never mind <laughs> spotify download it off Bandcamp. um okay so i just wanted to give listeners a sense of some of the th- things that have changed in your personal journey since the first release which is um you are no longer a sex worker um you your belly da- relationship with belly dance has evolved significantly, um, to, uh, be more respectful of, um, where your influences are coming from and how to pay homage to the cultures they're coming from, which we'll talk more about in a minute. You are now a mother. Um, you've learned more about your own mental health. And, um, I think autism has been like a a last few years learning. Is that correct? More like the last past year. Yeah. Past year. Okay. And, um, so with these, like, oh, and you moved across the country too, right? Okay. So, and you got married and so your life has changed significantly in these last 12 years. Um, how has your art grown and evolved with you and why, why was now at the time to re-release this album? So, um, I did start writing again when the pandemic hit because I had more time and more space to think about music again. Um, and uh, I feel like I've grown in that, like I, I've i let go a lot of the hangups that I had. You know, I had these stupid rules for myself. Like one, don't express too much emotion. Even, you know, even with Redship, I, you know, it wasn't so much about my emotional, like any internal processing really. It's, you know, just about the sex work and about other people maybe and maybe there's one love song in there um but like as far as pouring my heart out i i there's songs that um that weren't released that that weren't released with the original red ship that will be on this new red ship um and uh i i feel like i have a much more nuanced understanding of the world (laughs) and 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 that also allows me to like dissect why I had these stupid rules or hangups in the first place. Um, and so I feel a lot more, more free in how I write now. Um, and uh, so, yeah, musically, and, you know, I, I um, like, I, I, I literally also have better like technique because I had surgery, <laughs> carpal tunnel surgery on both hands both wrists um, and cubital on this one, plus trigger finger here, four surgeries. <laughs> and I also feel like I, I just have more stand up stamina. I sing, I feel like I have more control over my 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 voice, um, just being in better shape, really working on my my health and my, my mental health, physical health over the past few years. It's just like, I, I, I feel I feel almost superhuman now. I don't know how to explain. I mean, I'm not a. I'm te- technically, I'm. I'm really not that great a guitar player. I'm really not. I. I actually kind of suck. But, <laughs> but I mean, like in you know, compared to where I was before and the freedom that I feel now to express myself, you know, is um, part of the freedom like, 
you you mentioned before it wasn't so much an alter ego as like you get to set the mask down that you yep. had to wear for a while while and it seems like in these 12 years you're just like set the mask on fire I'm never wearing the mask again yeah. <laughs> so part of it Fantastic. was yeah so part of it was like this personal unshaming journey and yeah. so now when we're re when you're remarketing Redship, you're open you're like no I was literally a sex worker this is yeah. act about actual sex work yeah <laughs> um which is huge that's a huge like leap which is does that feel freeing to be able to be so like open about it this time it does feel so freeing I mean times have changed not just me right like I feel like the the social landscape has changed and I feel like the younger generations are so great at like you know this whole just like educating everybody on on the you know their experiences and and like really calling out the injustices and like okay so and really learning to you know showing us teaching us how to really to question everything right like like you know uh, like for a long time we always felt like yeah sex work is something to shame prostitutes is something to prostitutes are are people to to look down on but like i i love that these the younger generations you know i'm like elder millennial gen x cusp um i feel like with social media and with these younger generations like actively advocating and 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 really lifting the veil and really focusing on like history and education and just real life lived experiences too. Like why, you know, so this, you know, and so I, I, I feel like that's made me feel safer, you know? Um, and it also helps that I'm not, I'm not a sex worker anymore. It's been a long, it's been like years, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think a lot of it is just the, the social landscape. Um, and then I'd love to get, get briefly touch on this is another one we could do like 12 podcast episodes on but um, one thing I know a lot of people I work with for marketing have a huge fear as, of is like what if I say the wrong thing and people see it <laughs> like what if I do the wrong thing in public what if I make a mistake in public and get called out on it like do I just have to throw the whole business away do I have to go um, like set everything on fire like what like you know like this is like people my, I I got a lot of anxious creatives in my circle yeah. um, no I I understand I get that you know especially you know you people are worried about quote-unquote cancel culture or call yeah. out culture well here's the thing like you know uh, I I think this I I'm learning that this a lot of this might be my autism too but like you know autistic people when we have values you know, where we stick by them really strongly, you know, um, and, and so, and if we feel free enough to express these values and die on these hills, like publicly, you know, um, I, well, for me anyway, I, I can't speak for all autistic people. For me anyway, I feel like then I carry through, I follow through with those values, but really identifying those values deep as opposed to like surface level like for example you know i one basic value basic tenet could be well you know i i um believe in in fairness and justice and equity i feel like you know if it, it you know um if people are marginalized there should be justice and they we should help to prop them up so on so on right um and if we make mistakes um if we make mistakes then we correct ourselves to prevent harm and move on you know, and, and I'm trying to operate that, operate by that in my private life constantly. And I feel like publicly, if I make, when, if I make a mistake, okay, well, correct it. That's what I would do in my private life. Okay. Look, correct it, learn from it, prevent harm, you know, and move on. Um, and it comes also from the very clear understanding that everybody fucks up too. Everybody else fucks up too you know um and and so how do we mitigate that harm how do we you know prevent that harm from happening again and how do we keep doing better you know um i think like a really great living example of this is um 
part of the motivation, I think, for re-recording Rideship was taking yeah. out some of the the previous um, belly dance influences. So I know there was like a, a Habibi line yeah. in Horace that that um, is not present in the next in, in the new version. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, just for a little listener background, um, Carol and I, Carol, you still dance? I used to be part of the belly dance world, but in, in recent years, we've been kind of collectively re-examining and been like, hmm, a lot of, a lot yeah. of what was just accepted as cute moves and performance norms is actually really appropriative and disrespectful to the cultures this is borrowing from. Maybe right. we should re-examine this. So um, Carol, to have made some really art that meant so much to you that came from your heart that you still loved and to be like, there are some references in here that I don't feel great about now. What was mm -hmm. it like for you to decide, I'm not throwing the whole album out, but here's how I'm going to change it so I feel better about it? Yeah. Um, so I was really proud of the actual songs. You know, I was proud of my stories and I wanted to share them honestly this time around. and. And part of that too is also being honest with myself about, you know, what was going on in my head when I was producing that record and writing that record and, and all that. And, um, and a lot of my thought processes were, were harmful and came from like flat out, like Orientalist, uh, fantasy, quite honestly. Um, you know, the whole, it's so easy to be seduced by like the exoticism, like belly dance and like sexy hip moves and exotic rhythms, you know, um, and, and then wanting to, uh, you know, channel that and profit off of it. I mean, we're just kind of trained by, by capitalism, white patriarchal capitalism to, to steal and, and try to benefit ourselves. Um. And I, you know, so yeah, like for you're free with me, um, that I, I actually said Habibi in there. And, and I remember if I'm being completely honest with myself, I thought it sounded sexy. And I thought white dudes would totally eat it up, you know? And, um, you know, I was trying to craft this like seductive, but dangerous, like, like, yeah, I'll, 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 you know, fuck you. But then like, you know, I'll, I'll chew your insides out, <laughs> you know, but that part seduction part, I was very much like utilizing Orientalist fantasy, you know, um, without having a real understanding of how harmful that is, you know? And, um, so I, I, in, uh, remixing this record and redoing vocals, redoing guitar, um, I wanted to go for, you know, really focus on like the rock and the catharsis and the stories, you know, and, and so, and Habibi really was not necessary to the story at all. It was not relevant, you know, so took it out. And, you know, I'm not shy about admitting this because I know a lot of other fucking people do the same thing and getting away with it, you know, and and I also don't like to operate under a lie, you know, and realizing how I've operated under a lie, this lie of like, you know, racial misogyny, um, that pisses me off, you know? And so I don't want to feed that anymore, you know? So yeah. And I, I also don't feel like, you know, I should throw away my hard work either. So make it, you know, reduce the harm and um, put it out more authentically. Yeah, I think that a few things are like really interesting to point out for my audience. Cause so like using the word Habibi to kind of like trigger into other people's Orientalist fantasies and association, weird stereotypes of dangerous sexiness, you know? Um, that went bye-bye, but like the, the Arabic rhythms survived, right? The, oh, yeah. the Arabic rhythms are still in there. The influence is still in there. Um, like you took what you love about Arabic music um, 
and how much you've studied it and how much you've danced to it. And that's still in the album, but just the like the stuff that's going to just tap in, tap into those weird cultural stereotype yeah. images we have that went away. Um, and like, I think this is such a gift for people to hear because like, yeah, like I think anybody who was dancing in the mid aughts to belly dance probably has some like cringe moments where like, oh, did I really perform? Oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I think you, this is just such a beautiful example of like taking the part that was good and meaningful and also acknowledging the harm caused and like releasing that, you know? Yeah. But also I, I feel like, admitting it. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, you know, for, for your audience who feel like this discomfort in like and in and in being vulnerable and you know it, it really does like help to understand that that this is a systemic thing a structural thing you know you're not the only one fucking up everybody's fucking up you know everybody's fucking up and and everybody a lot of people fuck up publicly but you know it, it's so i feel like it, it's so helpful to to really um you know, to, to just like acknowledge that and forgive yourself for it, not look at yourself as I'm a bad person for this because I did this, because then you miss the point. You miss the point that this is a structural problem, that there's outside forces that are, you know, influencing you. Um, and so that you have the power to change that and, and correct this, you know, thing, bad thing you did. Um, and yeah and, and and then you know grow more powerful from that from the learning and from you know the growth yeah I, it also strikes me that like you actually had to think about like what was habibi serving for me and you're like oh i want to be sexy and dangerous which then is like well how do i be sexy and dangerous which makes it even more authentic to you you know which is really, I I have a feeling it's part of, it, it's like, not just like related to your unmasking process. It's like, no, this is the unmasking process. Like, cause we don't have to like rely on these references that are external to us to say what we want to say. We can just say what we want to say when we face our own shame. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sick of going by what like, you know, stupid white men think are sexy, what I think stupid white men think are sexy. I'm tired of, you know, trying to accommodate that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, obligatory, not all, but eh. Right, obligatory, <laughs> not all, just to, oh, like, shut the, f <laughs> the overstimulation of like, yeah, 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 but not all, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I know we're, are you able to go over like five minutes? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, so that leads me right into when you showed up, showed up on my zoom doorstep and we started working on your brand, which is the iconic star matriarch, the multidisciplinary artist that you are, who, um, just talks about what, whatever is part of your current unmasking process and de-shaming process, whether it be about motherhood or mental health or um, the Asian, your Asian, particular Asian experience. Um, sorry, side note. It's funny when people are like the Latinx experience. I'm like, there's a lot of us. It's really yeah. hard to say that as if it's like just one. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I can tell you about my Latinx experience. But <laughs> um, Okay, but anyway. Yes, Star Matriarch. What role has something like me, your personal marketing confidence cheerleader, and other support that you've invested in played in you being able to be have the courage and feel brave enough to make these bold moves with your art and to be so visible with your journey? I appreciate you so much, Isa. Um, but like I think what helps me what has helped me the most that you've done out of all the wonderful things you've done with your copy editing and like everything and just your your genius um but like the cheerleading especially has been so helpful i mean like um 
you know, wanting to be like explicitly saying that I want to be an icon opens me up to a lot of possible, just makes me really vulnerable. But you've helped me just really own it. You've helped me. I mean, you know, I've cried to you. Um, you've helped me like own my brain, you know, and, and really feel I like, I, I don't feel like I would have been fearless or I would be as fearless, um, you know, without you ha giving me all the support. And, um, I feel like, you know, for an icon, you, that has, you kind of have to be fearless. And I think without your help, I don't think I would, my confidence would not be here. I mean, um, and I feel like I'll, and, you know, I always had this, like, a, a different idea of what confidence really looked like. And I never fully understood it to be, like, a full confidence in how you are and that you're, you, you, you are valued the way, exactly the way you are, you know, and I, I got that feeling from you. Um, and, and I really, I so appreciate that's so invaluable. So thank you. Oh my gosh, I feel like yeah. I'm gonna rewind that and play that to myself every night before I go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying it's, that. <laughs> you know, it, it yeah, and I feel like that same feeling feeling of like it's it's very freeing, right? You know, when you feel secure in in well, you know what, I'm I'm gonna say what I need to say, do what I need to do, serve myself, you know. Um, you know, like that I feel like everybody who has had to, um, who's, you know, had to shut themselves up for other people. I feel like everybody deserves to have that same feeling of like, now I can be authentic, show up authentically to my, um, for my business, for my clients, my customers, just to the world, be who I am and understand that, you know, um, I, I'm enough. I'm enough. I don't have to like, you know, I, I follow your Instagram. I don't have to be coercive. I don't have to like manipulate people into, you know, appreciating me or appreciating my work. I, I know my value. I'm not afraid to know, you know, um, yeah. Appreciate myself publicly because I deserve it. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and willing to share that. Cause I think a lot of people, it's so vulnerable to put your art or your business out there for the world um, and like open yourself up to other people's eyes and thoughts and opinions about you, especially if you're selling it or, you know, putting your stuff out there and checking things like downloads and metrics. It can feel really vulnerable. And for a lot of people, they really want to convince themselves like I'm strong enough for this. And so they think if they're like, if I'm strong enough for this, I'm not, I shouldn't be needing emotional support or I shouldn't be admitting that or, and it's so backwards. It's like, no, strong people are like to be strong, to be confident, to be an icon. I need to understand that I deserve to have my cup poured into, like I deserve someone to nurture me and hold my hand. I deserve like skilled, consenting, compassionate, emotional support when I'm doing something so brave and vulnerable for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Um, well, Carol, thank you so very much for sharing your incredible story with folks. Um, we, uh, are going to definitely include all of your links. And I know you have a few shows coming up, so we will have those prepared in the show notes for people listening to this episode so they can go click on those. But will you give it a shout out? Where can people follow you and keep up with you and listen to your fabulous music? Yeah, so um, I'm on Spotify. You can just search Star Matriarch. You can also find my old stuff under just Carol Bowie. Um, really different. And um, I'm also on Bandcamp. It's just starmatriarch.bandcamp.com. As I said, you can download there and I get more of the cut. Um, Spotify pays like 0.003 cents per stream or something ridiculous like that. Um, and then I'm on TikTok, uh, Instagram, and YouTube as also just Star Matriarch, at Star Matriarch. Um, and I guess lastly, um, there's my website, which has all this information too. It's just starmatriarchmusic.com. Thank <laughs> you.
If you are ready to de-shame your business, your marketing, and your creativity, you're going to want me as your marketing confidence cheerleader. And you're in luck because Season of Support, my signature 12-week one-on-one coaching program, is on sale right now for 25% off. In Season of Support, we vanquish whatever, and I mean whatever, is standing in the way of your most dazzling, most empowering, most lucrative marketing. You can expect to get things done fast, especially those things you've been avoiding because they seem too big and scary. Oh, we're going to conquer those. And don't be surprised if, as a consequence, your business up levels real fast. And it's, again, 25% off through Tuesday, October 3rd, which is actually hundreds of dollars off the price. And I'm also offering interest-free payment plans for up to six months to make this even more accessible. You can find out how to grab your spot before they're gone at the link I've included in the show notes um, for this episode. And if you loved this episode and want to keep up with Star Matriarch and add all of her songs to your playlists, check out the show notes for how to follow her as well. And if you did enjoy this episode, as I'm sure you did, and you'd like to keep more like this coming your way, show me some love by subscribing and dropping me some stars and a glowing review. That goes such a long way to help others find this rad-free resource. And it makes me feel real, real good to know that y'all get a, get a kick out of this content. All right, love you, bye.